0: you guys doing up there
1: we are doing awesome man we uh you know good group and we unfortunately lost one due to a family emergency so um that's kind of a bummer we hope everything's going good with her we won't mention just in case she's private you know what's going on but you can see these two master intern intern um i got another name for him because he's a marine you know (laughs) you know (laughs)
0: Well, I'm, I'm i'm surprised you didn't lose more students once they saw oscar up there yeah that's exactly they were kind of scared <laughs> you know yeah well it's it's funny because there's uh
1: there's right right now at the table with five of us there's three of us that are military based so it's like these other these others are going oh shit, we're in big trouble you know <laughs> so but four, four 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 yeah four of us it's only two that's not man it's unreal and one and one of us is like badass. I mean, they're all badass, these two are, but he's like real badass. Dave's like <laughs> like another level badass, you know, like every time he walks by me, I kind of pee myself, badass, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then the Marines about the same level because you know they're just whack jobs, you know, they're just they're just out there, man. Marines do shit that just nobody else does. The army looks at him and goes, Yeah, I ain't doing that, you know? And it happened, and the Air Force just goes, Ew you know yeah <laughs> oh god and the navy goes hey what's up yeah. <laughs> so uh hey so let's go in i want to dedicate this uh gloria rose i lost a good friend of mine and uh ah oh, wow just you know she so loved each other that's all i'm gonna say is that you know when i woke up and i heard about this yesterday i just never ever figured that i'd be saying bye to gloria so she's the first first person that we really met here in Big Bear and big champion of our town no bigger fan of her community than Gloria. And, um, you know, Gloria, I know you're smiling down tie in was she detailed airplanes um, here for a company called wing waxers. And we had that in common. And she just my love affair for for Big Bear and she um, really loved our oldest daughter and how like, edgy our daughter, you know, I mean, she met her she's like, she had a little TV show. She brought us on the TV program a couple times. One time with our with with our daughter, But, uh, Gloria, this is out to you, and, you know, we're going to, whole community's going to miss you, you know, so uh, more, more, uh, boy, just tell people you love them when you can, you know, you just never know what's going to happen, so, so we're coming off, we had a couple guests, Uh, we're coming off of MTE, Oscar, you were at MTE with us, it was killer, wasn't it? Fun, a lot of fun. It was unreal, and then, uh, Chris, we, we not only had MTE, but then we hosted the Mafia event on Sunday, and then we hosted... Went to two, you know, open garages, open houses with double black, one down with with uh William Lara in Miami and then Mark Elliott up in uh Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, we were we were busy. We did a lot of driving. We saw a lot of uh the same scenery the entire stretch of the way. Um you know, trees and green grass and a straight road.
1: Chris (laughs) loves Florida, Florida drivers.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, anybody out there from Florida, um, either you need to learn to drive better or I'm sorry that you got to live with all those people.
1: Yeah, there was a that was a different it's, you know, I've never had it from this perspective of being a passenger in the vehicle. And uh, it uh, Chris is a good driver. And it's actually a good thing. He's a good driver because we had some people like try to kill us. You know, it's a different type of driving down there. They're they're very (laughs) aggressive and they're passive aggressive. You know it's like yeah i'm not gonna cut you off. yeah i am you know so and we saw a lot of partially attached like we saw one truck when i passed and i said what what did i say about that one truck that was one big dent or that whole truck was wrinkled or something like oh, that oh yeah was, it was there, just there, the whole thing there, there wasn't was a straight panel it on it was straight you know the whole thing was just like and it's like yeah that that dude's done what he just did it how he just cut us off he's done that a lot you know so yep well, cool. So I'm going to start out. We'll start out by these guys introduce themselves. So
2: uh, Good morning, everyone. Oscar Hernandez uh, out of Ventura, California, owner and operator of 805 Detail Shop.
3: Uh, Eric Rutledge out of Sheboygan,
1: Wisconsin. I got Motorhead Auto Detailing. So it, it two completely different uh, environments. And so we're gonna it's gonna be fun today talking about uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the, the transition from mobile because both these guys, I, a lot of us did, you know, started out mobile, right? and and moved into a shop maybe some of you didn't but even if you started out in a shop you own a shop i think the input that we're going to get today from these two fellas is going to be pretty powerful because it's going to give you hints on how you should be not budgeting for a shop what you you know money uh also appreciation for what you have i think it's a big part of it because there's a lot of people out there that are mobile based that would love to have a shop and there are a lot of shops that are maybe running tight on money um Maybe you're super huge. Maybe you have the stresses or the relief of of a staff, depending on how you're managing it. So we'll jump in there and uh, talk about that a little bit. So you started out, Oscar, we'll start with you. You started out mobile, uh, came out of the military, and then uh, you decided pretty rapidly that wasn't going to work. So kind of share your story with us.
2: Yeah, so um, like Randy said, I was mobile for probably about six, seven months before I got into a shop and uh, coming out of the, uh, the marine corps my body just couldn't take it no more on detailing on being mobile it just it was hard on my body and i needed somewhere something a little bit more stable so i started looking around my shop my area um to see what the prices were and kind of got a range of where i wanted to be Being a one-man shop uh, i didn't want to get anything this big right here like what rennie has so i got into a thousand square foot shop from um, about six seven months into detailing and it really helped me out a lot but the struggles to get there was I was working a night job. Remember I was, working, oh, yeah. I was working a night job just to save money to get me enough overhead for, I saved about six to seven months worth of bills and rent on a shop just before I got into it. Cause, um, just like anyone else, when you get into a shop, you think you're going to open up, you can have a ribbon cutting and the cars are going to be lined up. Well that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it took a while. I already have some clientele out there in my area, but it took a while to get, you know, cars into the shop and then, even that luxury service of being mobile and going to them. And then to be like, Hey, I can no longer go to your house. you got to bring your car to the shop. I lost clientele that way because they were so used to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a luxury to have someone go to your house or or to your work and do your car. And, you know, when you're telling them, and now you got to drop it off, I had to kind of jump the hoops to figure out how to continue to keep these uh, clients. So I started offering them rides home and rides to work and, um, but yeah, it definitely was hard, uh, especially financially. You know, that, that's a big stressor is the financial piece of it. You know, having a shop, everyone thinks it's, you know, nice and cool and you get to have all this cool stuff up on the walls. But it's it's not like that because everything costs money. And if, if you don't have a budget and watching what you spend, you can easily overspend and buy a lot of things that are just going to sit on the shelf for a long time.
1: Well, and let's go back to a couple things. The Savings is a big part of it, right? I mean, you got to, we were talking about that yesterday, Eric. We'll get into yours here in a second, but it was, you know, the putting the money away, and 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 uh, I remember my first shop. I actually was in the window tinting industry, and uh, I didn't I didn't do that. It was the same thing, ribbon cutting. Our little town did a ribbon cutting for us. I thought, right on, here we go, bam, crickets. You know, I mean, we had work, but it wasn't enough to sustain. Now, the the thing that we learned was you got to go hunt. Now, you've done a great job of going hunting, so you haven't set back. You you've actually, and I think this is again your discipline is that you realize that getting connected and I brag about you all the time because I think that you've done one of the most everybody wants to go after social media and it, it's great right it, it's fantastic you kind of took a different approach all on your own you were doing this way before you met me yeah. and you were going after it so kind of explain you know the hunt for you locally what you did getting yeah. back
2: so um my thing is, uh, I was stationed in my hometown, and the last two years that I did in the Marine Corps I was running the Toys for Tots program, so I got really connected with business owners and taking them boxes and collecting toys and giving back to the community. So when I got out and started a business, um, I already was kind of a part of the chamber, so I joined the chamber and started investing in people and relationships. You know, what can I do for them? Getting involved with nonprofits, um, doing special projects for them, uh, logistics stuff. I did a Relay for Life. My first year there, I did all the logistics behind a, a 48-hour event that they had going on and that really kind of got me connected to the right people that wanted to do business with me and uh you know just staying engaged i don't i don't do social media i i have it but i don't run ads so when i say i don't do it i don't pay for ads i'd rather get up leave the shop go to a ribbon cutting support another small business i do a lot of networking uh, a lot of giving back right now i mean it took years to build this what we're doing but my insurance agent stephanie sap and myself we now do car shows and 100 of our proceeds Go to a nonprofit in our local area, and that really helps us on the business side. There's always going to be a business side of it, you know. It's my logo is on, you know, 5,000 flyers around the county, you know, that are going everywhere, and that's, you know, that's promotion on my end. But we do a lot of the work, you know. It's all the work falls on us behind the scenes, on our own time, it's on on top of running our own businesses. So I, I really just believe investing in people and how can you help others and then eventually that's going to turn around
1: so a lot of people might say well that's old-fashioned versus how old are you um I'll be 40 this year 40 so 30 you're still in your 30s. 30s let me tell you this is a foundation relationship building has never changed you can go back to biblical times you can go back to prehistoric times you can go back 100 years you can go back yesterday and it all comes down to relationships and We all know, I mean, you can build like relationships. I met, so we all met people at mobile tech that we had never met face to face, but we kind of knew them through social media, but that connection doesn't happen until that face to face. So there's a handshake. So there's a, to the Tiffany, we're, we, we, we hugged it out this morning. So there's that connection, right? That makes a big difference And what Oscar's done is gone out in the community and, and in a very respectful way is you've gone looking for business by serving others. Is that a good way to put it? That's yeah,
2: a perfect way to put it. You know, and as far as the relationships on social media, i um, just within the detailing industry, Chris Williams out of uh, South Carolina, right. I, I followed him and he followed me on social media. It wasn't until we were all at SEMA yep. that we met. We had that connection, you know, and now at MTE with uh, Richard Hutchins out of the UK we follow each other on social media on a, on a committee together for the idea yeah cool dude or what yeah and then we come in and it's just like we meet at mobile tech and it's that whole different connection oh, yeah. now yeah. now we're messaging each other almost every day oh yeah on you know
1: work stuff and personal right. stuff
2: so it's what a cool dude though. yeah those connections are definitely important and in investing in people it's, yeah
1: it's there and so eric so you now you you also now you're hearing a whole I mean, Oscar's like, hey, dude, surf's up. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, like cool weather, cool brews. You got waves, you know. But you've got – another thing is it's like freaking frozen tundra. Half the, you guys got two seasons, winter and after winter.
2: Yeah, that's you what know?
1: You got the, like like a You guys hear crickets for like two weeks, and then it goes back to frozen, and all the crickets are dead <laughs> out of the trees, you know. So, so kind of explain your struggles coming up because this is cool. I don't care where you live, but kind of explain, you know, your – You know how you went about it and uh, the shops you've got a really cool approach because you started out in shops part-time so to say Mm -hmm. and then just recently jumped into a shop so I'm excited because I kind of do the same thing so this is fun
3: so when I started out I got a I had a truck I got a trailer and just started doing mobile work and then uh, obviously winters are bad so what I did was I started making connections with people who had storage units or or big storage facilities, and so I started working on on cars because everybody stores their nice cars in winter, and then I could work on them whenever I wanted, just as they, as long as they were done by May, so everybody could take them out. Uh, so I did that, and then I kind of started working on boats because they were in storage as well. That got me through a couple winters, and then I finally saved up enough of grinding during the summer and winter, and
1: got myself a shop this this uh, I think it was December, yeah, mm-hmm. so pretty recently. And so talk about the savings because we talked and this is something that i preach a lot about so oscar you said five six months of you had that much of overhead yeah and
2: that's just rent and i added you know the bills electricity you know wi-fi whatever i have in there right um and you know HOA fees, whatever it is six you know five six months in case you do have that slow month or two slow months or in, in this situation mobile tech two weeks ago big bear now Yeah. so you got some time off you know, so i get some time off but i know that that overhead is there, right? You know, not not worrying about it
1: in that, uh, and so in the same way, Eric, you kind of had, you know, several months of, oh, of yeah. backup yeah. put into how much did you how much? Okay, so you just moved in, you know, basically a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much savings did you have enough overhead wise, not dollar wise, but how many months of, of backup did you have? And did that include your personal your personal expenses? Yeah, so.
3: Um, obviously with mobile, there's not much overhead, which is nice, which Mm -hmm. gave me the opportunity to save up all that. And I probably saved up about six months of the rent of the shop I was looking at. And then I kept myself a $20,000 budget for the deposit and putting all the, like putting the
1: shop together. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. So you put, you know, it's funny. I just, I just read something this morning. I I sent it to Diane is it says, you know, act every day, live like you're broke. And I've always loved that philosophy. Buy like you're broke. Put yourself on a on a budget like you're broke and you'll be wealthy beyond belief. And it's not saying don't live, but all of us have a tendency of when we start making money, we start, you know, even if you're good at saving, save more. You know, save more. It's better to have especially when the economy crashes or something cuz I and this is a question to both of you. When you've got that nest You know you've got a safety net like that is doesn't it i think it frees your mind up to be a little more creative you just not as you know you're not as freaked out
2: yeah um having a shop and working you know and again i'm a one-man shop eric is too so we don't have employees so right now you know we're shut down for the week because we're up here but we're still working our social media we're still you know booking in and talking to our clients and trying to bring in new stuff but it does give you that peace of mind when you have that savings and it's kind of just like having a you know 9 to 5 you're not living paycheck to paycheck you're not you know spending Absolutely. all your money on one weekend and then you got to be broke um, you know for a whole week until you get paid again so definitely having a safety net um, and that's just for the bills you know you, you don't have to be eating steak and lobster every night you know right but, yeah, But at the same time, it's just to have that safety net to be able to have that freedom. And that's what we all, you know, I hear, I heard that a lot in MTE. I, I'm in my own business and detailing for myself because I want that freedom. You, that freedom comes with the hard work and definitely saving and money. It's yeah. a big, big factor in that because if you don't have that safety net, you don't have that freedom.
1: Right. There's discipline. And if you're not, if you're not disciplined to put money away when the money's good, you're going to be really freaked out when the money's not good. And, 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 you know, I always came through is I I would put 25% of our, our work away. So for every hundred bucks that I earned, I put 25 bucks away. So, uh, on those big weeks, man, I was just stockpiling money. I had a, I get this a detailer. I had a a private banker through Wells Fargo, which is a, I won't even go there. (laughs) If If you bank with those guys, Oh wait, I got real sour on these guys, you know, but the, my point to this is, is that I, I put so much of our income away that we have private banking. And if you don't know anything about private banking, go check into it. I mean, that's what the rich people do. And I'm, you know, or wealthy. And so it was pretty cool to be a blue collar person to have that level of exposure and attention at the banking level. And it's because they saw what I was bringing in and how much of that I was putting away. And they thought, that's very responsible. Matter of fact, I just got a credit offer today. And I was like, I took it because it's like, you can't beat it. It's cheap money. And and, and it just builds my credit up more. Here I am in my 50s. And I'm still always out to build stronger credit and stronger um, financial st- stabilization. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so now let's go through. Um, this is going to be shocking into some. Especially if you're new. Um, and I love I love the new people in the industry. We met a lot of new people down at Mobile Tech, yeah. And our, our industry's changed a lot. It's, a lot. In the last few years, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's changed a lot. COVID got us a little rock'em sock'em robot. We got a little bit of a, you know, there's people going at each other and stuff, and it's natural. So to both of you, going back to, you're not so far out of mobile, so this is probably going to be more to the top of your mind. I, I'm blown away at at people that say mobile is a lot cheaper than having a shop and here's why is yeah shop is fixed it's there it's an expense but you know what what most mobile detailers aren't doing is they're not keeping track of the time they spend on the road in between jobs and so they don't start their hours I'll, I'll talk to somebody and i'll say okay what are you doing per hour oh i'm doing 70 you know 75 bucks an hour cool is that in true include your travel time no Okay, how many hours a week are you driving? Uh, Probably about 10. Okay, so you're not doing 75 bucks an hour. You're doing probably closer to $60 an hour because you're not dividing your math out right. And so when you take that into consideration, if you are booked up constant, if you're booked up constant, I think, and you guys give me your input on this, I think a shop could actually save you money if you're booked up constant but you got to go hunting for that. So what's Eric, we'll start with you on that. What's your thoughts on that? I think
3: staying booked is, is key. And you've, you've talked with me about that with staying on the marketing train instead of being intermittent with it. Um, but yeah, when I did mobile, I would start my clock when I left my house, which kind of saved me from, from those issues and my fuel costs added up a lot, travel time. And then if you forget something and you're driving all over the place and it's just kind of a wreck. So, uh, definitely i can see the benefits of having the shop and not having to do so much travel and all your works in one spot and you can set up all your carts so you're more efficient and
1: oh the convenience
3: yeah, is unreal it's awesome i'm loving it so mm, it's unreal i think that there's yeah, there's, a of, there's a lot
0: of there's there's a lot of setup and takedown time when you're mobile too mm-hmm. you know and cleaning you don't have to do in a shop because you know it's just at your fingertips in a shop yeah and the other
3: thing i'm seeing too is you can have other projects sitting there waiting for fill-in time you know if you're if you're slow or if you're waiting for the client to come in to to deliver the vehicle you can start on the next project
1: what and it, and it, that's a good point the cool thing we liked about a shop once we got in there and this is going all the way back to my window tinny days back in the god it seems unreal i'm not even going to say it i'm not even going to say that you're uh, they have windows <laughs> they, they did they, they did yeah oh, okay check this out when i first got into window tenning when it was became a thing and here in socal Um, one of the big options that, so we had film, but it was difficult to work with, right? You can imagine by today, it's even, it's kind of difficult, but we had spray on window tinting come out. And so they, they actually flow it down the back windows. You had a tray. Oh my God, it was a mess. It was a mess. I, we never got into it. We went and watched a company came out and demoed it for us. And we just said, nah, nah, we're not going there. Um, but, and it was interesting, but that was a fad for a little bit. And a lot of people probably don't even know that. They had flow on or spray on window tinting? um but what, what we noticed was this was the coolest part of a shop that a lot of people don't think about and you just nailed it is that we would take and have somebody call let's say it was back then the tricky windows were uh, targas porsche targas the 911s had that that window corvettes well we were one of the first companies to be able to take and wrap that with no exposure lines there's no seam lines in it we could get it in a piece and so we would have corvettes or well, we made money off those because there's a special our niche right well, if we were booked up, the nice thing about having a shop is we would bring those cars in, one or two of them, and just tell them, hey, if you can leave it for a whole week, we'll have it done on Friday. And and that would be our fill. So mm-hmm. we'd just work, we'd go and do a cut out of side window and do it. And then when we had, we'd jump on the back window and, and get it done. That was the nice thing as, of, of having a shop was just that you could fill extra stuff in. So Oscar, what's your take on that?
2: I, I mean, I agree with the whole thing with filling in, um, i I love having my own schedule and a lot of people always ask me you know how do you do it because i'll be working on a car from 9 to like 11 and then i'll go to the gym right and i'll have lunch and i'll come in and that's because i'm able to fill the schedule with vehicles that come in even sometimes after 4 or 5 p.m a vehicle gets dropped off for the next day i really wanted to i can just stay late work it and then have a day off the following Mm yeah you know and a lot of that is it's just having that discipline of of having the schedule and, and staying on top of it because i've seen that backfire on some people and and auto body, if you guys have ever heard her been in, involved with that industry, you can go to some auto body shops and they got cars there for months. Much, you know, they if you're going to take you know your car in there and they're going to restore it. It's been years that they just sit there. And my biggest thing is I don't like to have vehicles in my shop if I'm not going to work on them in the next 48 hours. Right. Why have them? It's just sitting. It's just going to sit there, you know. Um, again, because I'm a one man shop and I'm doing all the work. But if I got, you know, a coating that's curing, I'm definitely bringing in the next one. There's no reason why I can't be polishing and all that and getting it ready while that car sits there. Absolutely. I definitely don't waste that type of money and time by just looking at a car curing for the next 24 hours, you know, just sitting there. So right, there's always things to be done. Correct. Yeah. And you know, there's always things going out, but again, it just comes into that that self-discipline and and being able to stay on track and on schedule with things and and staying
1: proactive. So Eric, you had a cool thing that you did. So being in a winter environment, is you decided that okay i i you found shop space that you could rent by the project so to say so kind of kind of go into that and talk about that a little bit
3: yeah so those storage facilities i was talking about earlier was uh they were just huge buildings where they had tons of cars in them or it was just uh, a used car lot that i used to work at or there was a gentleman who had a machine shop but he had a wash bay that he only used you know every once in a while and so if i got jobs in the winter and i still do this did this before i got my shop for this fall because it gets cold early and stays cold late (laughs) but uh is i would just call up whoever was the closest shop and say hey can i borrow the shop for the day and i'd pay him 50 dollars for the day so i could get my project in that's killer and it worked out great for years
1: and then we went one direction too is that when i first started up i was in idaho so same thing winter Mm -hmm. season right and we just i fixed my garage up not to the standards that people do now i mean but my shop was a nice little workshop and i could fit a car in there and I wasn't quite as efficient because it was a smaller tight space but i i just tell the people hey instead of having in a car for a day i'm gonna have it for two and it kept me busy all winter long and i wasn't afraid i didn't none of my neighbors even knew what i was doing you know i mean nobody had an idea i didn't wash it on site i actually washed it off site and it would get a little crud on it you know and then i just you know no rinse it off you know and, and get it cleaned back up and then they'd either come and get it, or I'd deliver it. And if I delivered it, uh, I'd get it to their place, and then I would do another another no rents for the delivery. And I, I set the expectation that hey, the roads are bad today, or they would just go ahead and leave it. You know, they would they would until the roads got better, until the weather got better. So there's always a solution. And now let's talk about staff. So hey, hey, Rennie, real quick, huh.
0: Be, before we jump into into the staff thing, I have a couple of uh questions that came in regarding the mobile detailing um and i thought maybe we could address them real quick um, absolutely oh oh billy asked ab- about my mileage and mileage charges so if you're if you're a mobile detailer you know how can you work that in you know getting paid for your time to travel to the the job site should you just build it into your your quotes should you have a mileage charge Wh- what do you think
2: so the, what I was doing is there's an actual app that uh, my CPA pushed me to when she found out when I was doing mobile, I started going through bookkeeping and all that and they were kind of breaking everything down for me. Um, there's an app from the minute you leave. If it's business related, you track all your miles and it's just, and it just goes into your books at the end of the month. You track all your miles. Um, you know, if it's personal, you push them to the right. If it's business it's to the left and then that you can literally see how much money you're making on that. If you're working, you know, if it's travel for, one site to another, you can get reimbursed for all of that stuff at the end of the year.
1: And then how we charged for it back in the day, cause we had an area that was a, a small County. Uh, this happened both in Texas and up in, in Idaho. Um, and even here in SoCal, when we had an office here at my buddy, John is what we do is somebody would call and let's say John was located in Highland, uh, East Highlands ranch. So let's, let's say somebody called Rancho Cucamongol. He knew it was going to take him a half an hour out and a half an hour back. So when when he found out where they were, he just added one hour of labor. So whatever your shop rate is for your mobile operation, hopefully it, it's it's at seventy-five to a hundred bucks an hour. He'd to, he he would add a hundred dollars. He wouldn't tell the customer that, and then they say, "Oh wow, well, that's a little more expensive." And he goes, "Yeah, well, I got travel time and so forth, you know." And um, we do, you know, absolutely gorgeous work, and we'd love to. We I, I, you know, I, we think that you're going to really see our quality um, justifies. Uh, the additional cost and so he would he would put that out there and if they said ah no nah, no thanks you, did, you either got to make it. you start eating jobs like that you're going to go broke it's not a good thing to, to lower your standards it is people need to raise their standards for you not you lower your standards for them
3: yeah. so what i did was when i had people call me i wouldn't they'd ask for prices we talk about the packages i wouldn't give them a price until i figured out where they lived so then i could incorporate it into the price or it was really far, or sometimes I'd ask that first. I'd say, Great, where are you from? Like, what town are you from? Because you know, my area is very spread out with the you know, county roads and country roads and stuff. So, yeah, figuring that out before you give a price can help reduce having to add the, the fee on. Because then they're like, Oh, $300 for a detail, it's kind of pushing my budget, let's do that. And then you hit them with a $40 or $50 travel fee. Then they're like, Ah, oh, I don't really want to do that
2: anymore. So, yeah. it all comes down to wording of uh, when yeah. I, I offer rides. So my clients, when they drop off the vehicle to work and home, but the first question is, you know, where are you coming from? I, or Are you local to the Ventura area? Mm-hmm. You know, if they say Camarillo, Oxnard, Thousand Oaks, I'll do it. But if they're going to Santa Clarita in the LA area, it's like, no, way. I'm not, that's an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. And I just incorporate that into the getting to know your client. is you talk about,
3: I usually bring that in with, uh, how did you hear about my business? Or how did you hear about me? And then it goes into where are you from? And then, you know,
2: just gather it without being too. Anyone, Chris, uh, for that app, it's called Mile IQ, and it tracks all your business miles. Uh, that's specifically what it's for: is to track business miles. Um, so Mile IQ is what it is. You can get it down on the App Store. If you guys don't have it.
1: And our, like our accountant, so our vehicles, we've got vehicles that are solely for business. So 100, percent everything goes onto that vehicle. If there is no personal mileage, so if you've got a van that you're not using, that's all you're using it for is your business. Talk to your your bookkeeper and your accountant, your CPA, and they'll they'll figure that out. And that's really the cleanest way to go about it is just to have something that is dedicated one hundred percent to the business. Once you get to that point and, and and it's not too too difficult. So okay, Oscar, when you went mobile, you've got a truck. Did you go trailer or did you go van? literally
2: had everything out of my truck everything out of your truck in the bed of the truck truck. i built the seats up um i just kind of adapted and overcome i I didn't have no fancy rails coming out i built it out of pallets Mm -hmm. i bolted everything down to pallets and you know it was hard moving and hauling everything because you couldn't get you know the latest and greatest things right you know so i I had to make it work all my containers um were in the back seat all my towels everything i just got you know 30 gallon bins and, and went from that and work and set up and set up definitely took about you know 20 30 minutes at each site and then breaking down took another 30 40, so all that stuff and I, I was not charging enough and uh the yeah. cpa literally yeah. said you're about to go broke you know <laughs> all that savings is going to go away you Real know quick. so that's when i that's when i opened up my eyes and you know started doing the prices and all that stuff but yeah i didn't even get into a trailer or you know a van it's literally everything out of my 2012 chevy silverado that i ran ran everything out of there
1: Taylor asked a great question. How do you grow a mobile detailing business then? This is a huge demand A mobile work generated 98K last year. So here's my first question. Absolutely, Uh, first off, uh, Taylor, the first thing I did, I always started out mobile and I never shut a mobile operation down. So once we moved into a shop, we kept the mobile option there, but it was the premium service. So uh, Taylor, for instance, if somebody called in and we gave them a quote and it was $600, it was at least one to $200 more for mobile. We just added that on there. When I I say at least is we took into considerations we just talked about uh, where they were, did they have a a garage for us to work in, um, and how far out and back was it going to be. And so uh, we did, you know, coatings, we we came in, we sold our last shop, uh, coatings were just really, really starting to get popular. We would do a basic coating at somebody's location, but we wouldn't do any advanced paint correction or advanced coatings. On location, we brought that back in. That had to come into the shop. But so it, it absolutely now 98k. I'm not, I'm not, and, and this isn't aimed at Taylor himself. I'm not impressed when somebody tells me they, they sold a million dollars worth of detailing. I'm impressed at what did you make off that million dollars? Because listen, selling selling a million dollars, or in this case 98,000, isn't the question, it's how much you made off that. Did you make a living? Were you able to take in? A, average? What was your shop rate average? So out of that 98,000 of, of income, what did you actually make per hour? And what was the profits? What was your cost? Get used to giving, looking at those numbers. That's the most important part. So to build up a mobile, I'm not discouraged on mobile. I'm encouraged. And I think that's the best way to start out in the industry because it's it's fixed cost. You know what those costs are going to be. It allows you to start building up your reputation. But with that, too many detailers look at mobile and they say, oh, I can be cheaper than the fixed guys. That's actually not true. You need to be more than the fixed guys, not cheaper, because you've got a lot of travel time in there. And it's a luxury service. It's a five star service or you're getting to that point. Again, I started out real basic, you know. So you how did Eric, how did you start out?
3: So I had a truck, I got a trailer, uh, cause I wanted to keep my things separate cause I had other jobs going on at the time. And yeah, I was, I started out too cheap and was losing money on fuel. Cause you know, Rams don't get good gas mileage. I was getting like seven miles per gallon pulling that trailer. And so it was, once I got my prices up, it worked and people would pay for it because it was luxury. I'd pick up their cars from work and take them to whatever shop I was renting for the day and drop them back off before they were done with work. and. Don't pay for it.
1: There is a, get this, this is a great idea. And if you got any of you guys incorporating this, your business, I just expect a, a, a little wet my beak fee off this. Uh, just kidding. We had, we had a, we had a, uh, we had one of our mafia members that took and got into detailing. They got into mobile and immediately it started building up there. They did it like Oscar. They went out and really got connected at their local area. And this was just a few years back and they ended up, they had a huge, um, a, a, corporate, corporate America was setting up around them. So they had these campuses, they were in uh, uh, right outside a suburb of Denver. Okay, so they had all these big companies setting up well, what they ended up doing is they were going out there, but a lot of the executives didn't like giving up their cars. So they started a whole nother service called overnight detailing, part of their company. And what they do is they would pick the the customer's car up at their home, when the customer got home at seven or eight at night and it would be back there and ready for them in the morning. So they do they did overnight service uh, for executives. They killed it, so much so I think they ended up selling their company to another to another competitor that ended up buying them out. They kept their mobile side going, but what they did is they worked out of their home garage, they went and got the licensing and everything else, and they worked out of their home garage, and they had, it was a, a father and son team, and they had a, the, One of them did the day, the overnight, you know, stuff, and the other one did the day. They had a company going five days a week, 24 hours a day. How cool is that? And so, you know, Taylor, think out of the box. 98,000 bucks is a lot of money, especially when you're starting out. You're, you know, a year or two, three into it. But what I'd love, Taylor, if you're there, is I want to hear your shop rate, you know, and I want to hear what your costs were then after your shop rate what you brought in i want to hear what your what your what your net rate was so okay i brought in a hundred dollars an hour uh my net rate was 75 an hour okay now i'm really impressed that's 75 dollars an hour so now you can go back and figure out 25 dollars an hour times the amount you worked minus out that 98 that's what you made did you make 50 60 70 80 thousand dollars if you're mobile your expenses other than insurance your insurance is going to be high. Your fuel is going to be high. Your are you're and in. Then, and then if you're employing people, you know, you're going to have that, but if you're on your own, you won't do that. And then you got to figure out your taxes. Did you pay your taxes off that? I just read something. There's somebody starting up training. God bless people's souls. This person talked to me not too long ago and is getting into mentoring people but hasn't paid their federal taxes in 10 years. And I'm like, why? Oh, I take old cash. Man, they're going to come after you. you I don't care if you're mobile or not. You're going to survive that, especially if you're in California, New York, uh, the hungry states right now, uh, Colorado, believe it or not, um, they're going to come after you. It, it, you're going to dodge that bullet for so long. And then when they catch up to you, if you're several years behind, you ain't going to recover from that. You're going to go back to work for somebody. So you know, think legitimately. But Taylor, thanks for that question. That was a great question. So all right, so um, Chris, any other questions before I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this thing up and, and ask these guys a couple more questions? So we talked about uh, knowing your numbers, right? Uh, that's really important. Know what just costing you to do the detail? I can tell you right now, all the way back to the from '98 until 2010, a stage one in '98 cost us nine dollars. Okay to 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 provide all the products the pads the equipment everything it was nine dollars in, in 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 hard cost in 2010 that had gone up to thirteen ninety seven so when you took our pad costs our product costs, all that into it not our labor just 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 raw materials it cost us 1397 to do a stage one okay i knew my numbers and i still do you'll talk to you you'll you'll ask Diane I can see a hiccup from a mile away. If I see a little blip on our expenses, and reason why is a, I've got an app for our CPA and our accountant, our, our, our bookkeeper built us. But even before they know, I can I my spidery senses go off. And I know when we're spending too much money, I know when we should be spending money and when we shouldn't be money. Listen, it's all dependent on what's coming on. I look at what Chris is doing. I look at deposits coming in. And if deposits slow down, we're booked out for training now until June. I don't care about that well how how are we looking past that you know i don't spin based off i i look at things if things are staying steady i stay steady with my spending if things are if things slow i'm slow with my spending if things speed up okay that's when i do improvements to the building the other thing i look at before i want once versus needs okay do you need it right or do you want it We've all and detailers go through
2: that. That that, and I I think the first time, the first podcast that we did, I I said it and uh, you know a lot of people you may laugh at it, but I call myself a detailer on a budget. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to have a budget. There's always someone's always flexing something on social media, and yeah, I want it. You know, I want that flex. You know, Bluetooth speaker in my shop. But guess what? I was using speakers that Chris was probably using back in his old days I remember he's seen him he goes I used to use these speakers yeah way in the back production yeah way you back you know what those speakers work just as great as that Bluetooth one that's it you know and and it's it's knowing again your numbers and your spending now uh, I think this last year the brand the first thing I bought that was branding for my shop was those wall lockers that Chris came out and helped me uh Chris Williams yeah. out of the east coast came out and helped me put up everything else was you know the display cases and everything the tables and all that it, it's you know Craigslist or whatever it is and said laugh at it people have been in my shop it's like it's a nice shop. project gotcha. cool but you shop. don't need to go out and buy the latest and greatest i always look at who's started up a business and they yep. didn't make it and now they're selling all their stuff oh yeah, and, yeah there's a lot of that there's a lot of that you know you especially can in a, l.a yeah there's a lot of that you know they pop shops pop up and whatnot and then just all of a sudden they got to sell um and that's the biggest thing is, is yeah it's cool to have that nice looking shop and the light tunnel but do you you need a light tunnel to detail or do you want a light tunnel to detail well we've had this conversation with Eric (laughs) when he called me do you want to spend all that money on a light tunnel
3: and the the best advice I got with setting up my shop is I've talked to a lot of guys who have them already is I'm renting my shop so everything I'm getting is something I can move to a different facility I'm not paying to, to epoxy the floor I'm not painting a bunch of stuff on the wall. If it's attached, put, it, put it in stays.
1: Putting a drain in. Yeah. yeah. If it's attached, it's a, your shop is 200 square feet bigger than the shop that we had when we did over a million dollars a year in sales. Our shop was exactly like Oscars. It was small. I was thrifty. I didn't know. I grew up in the era, and it's coming. It's coming. I keep telling everybody it's coming. I grew up when every five years we had a, uh, and David's watched this, every five years we had a financial hiccup in the global economy. We haven't had one of those in 10 years. And they, everybody's saying, oh, man, it's because the government's got better. Governments never get that good. Don't <laughs> trust the government that much, man. You got a lot more. Um, all of us, there's several of us here that have seen the government spinning at its worst. <laughs> if you want to see the, the government, how the good the government does, just, just watch the military budgets. Uh, it's freaking crazy and the waste that happens. My point to saying this, we've had 10 years of an economy building. It used to be every five years the economy would get shaken a little bit and it would, it would take and shake out all the nuts and bolts and all the loose nuts would go to the ground, meaning the, the small business that just weren't stable. We haven't had that shake up in a little while and it's gonna shake up and your goal is not to be one of those nuts that hits the ground, is to be solid and keep your spinning. I look at all the trends now, these mega shops that go in, mega, and they're, God, they're gorgeous, man. You guys, if you got one of those, I'm, I mean, I'm jealous, right? It took, it only took me 30 years to get this, you know, I mean, it's, and I'm not, I don't care. I didn't want a fancy shop. I wanted a shop that I owned, eventually, and I wanted a shop that was very thrifty. And that's what I looked for. I didn't look for mainstream because I didn't want mainstream. We had a lot of nice vehicles in our shop and I really didn't want people knowing where we were or what we did. I just wanted to go on the radar and I was about relationships and reputation. That's what I sold off of. All right, so closing it down, walk, crawl, run. Okay, so we've heard our stories about walking and then in it crawling and then walk and then run is that this to me, my shop right now is a run. I've only done this twice in my entire career. I only got up and ran twice. And the reason why is because I leased the other shops and I took it to a walk base. I, everything I put in that shop was not bolted to the walls. The only thing that was secured to the walls was paint. I mean, that was it. The flooring was I could lift it up and take it with me is is another thing to be careful of is triple net leases if you go into a triple net you're in trouble If you don't know what a triple net is look it up you should not be you should be in a standard standard monthly lease not triple net triple net they pass on the all the cost all the taxes all the improvements of the buildings and properties to you an, uh, an illustration of this is i got into my first my first lease ever was a triple net and all of a sudden they came through and they 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 re blacktopped all the the parking lot and they re striped it, and I was so happy until I got the bill. They divided that by 33 units, and I owed them $3,900, and it was non-negotiable because that was a triple net, and I passed it on. Um, At the end of my lease, I was going to re-sign up my lease. They were pushing for a triple net. I said no. Um, I found out they are going to re-roof the entire building, and that was going to be about $7,000 each unit to pay for that, and I just said thanks, but no thanks. I found a new location, and I didn't, I didn't go back into the lease. So there's all kinds of stuff. So, okay. Parting, uh, party messages. Let's do this too. We're going to give a little plug because Oscar's really involved at, at, as is Diane and I and Chris into the IDA. So let's talk about what's going on with the IDA for a second. Then we'll depart. Um, good things
2: coming out ID, uh, IDA. There was a lot of talk for a few years now about the consumer website. Consumer website is something that us detailers can turn around and send to our customers and it's up and running now. Um, we have a lot of stuff to work on it uh, by the end of march we're going to have uh, in, uh, a map involved in there to where the consumers can actually go out there and find certified detailers within the ida it's kind of like the map that we have on the ida website if you're a member already you can actually go out there and find those members this Oscar, is something what's,
0: that you can what's, what's the that? url for that again
2: uh it's detailing nearby that josh came up to detailing nearby.com and uh you go on that website right now and it's just a landing page but we even broke down the conversations that you already have with your clients and i've used this on a couple of mine where i just sent to new clients and it, it literally breaks down the difference between the wax the and, and ceramic coating i mean a lot of us have that nailed down but how cool would it be i mean it's up right there chris has it up right there um attached to this you're going to be able to find you know the detailer find a detailer we're going to have resources out there for the consumers know how often you know it's right there who is the ida again we're trying to take this to another level with these certifications like the mechanics have the plan all these other industries is to be side by side with these guys and taking it so this website's really going to help detailers within the ida to promote themselves you know what i'm saying and to go out there um another thing we have is if you didn't know we have a lot of committees um within the ida for social media we have health and wellness we have trade show and education if you want to get involved go into the Idea website and just hit that button, for, you know, get involved. We sign up so many people during MTE to get involved. And that kind of helps you and gets to see the back scenes of the Idea of what's going on. This morning at 06, I was on a Zoom call for health and wellness here at From Big Bear, you know, but, it, but it's nine o'clock on the East Coast and Jason Rose was holding in out of Colorado. And, you know, it's just different things that we have going on to help grow this industry and really help the detailing um, industry. If you're not about it, it's okay. You know, it's not for everyone um but if you are about it you want to get involved feel free to reach out to myself um you know I'm, when it comes to Ida and detailing i'm willing to help anybody out i'll answer any questions um you know i got involved right when i got into detailing i was an yep. Ida before i came training here um jumped on a committee from there i you know was nominated to be on the board of directors and that's where i stand now i'm going into my second year in the board of directors so definitely a good thing we're, we're trying to hit up all the trade shows and just get out there and be known for you know the Ida to coming together as a community.
1: Well, what's cool is the Founders Club is Diane and I yeah. pushed pretty strongly and the Founders Club down at Mobile Tech is to pump some money as the founders. We've got a separate budget that we all the founders through joining the Founders Club, we put the money back into scholarship programs back into now and what I really pushed for. and didn't get didn't get pushed back at all. I But I pushed for a huge budget to start taking and pushing the consumer side of connection to where the consumers, the IDA starts becoming. That that page becomes the source to find a detailer, and in all markets, not just, but everywhere across the country and across the the world, and it's going to happen. It's just going to take time, and uh, so we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty excited about that. So, all right, guys. Well, Chris, we're going to get these guys back to work. So, Eric, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so it's uh hey. So thanks for joining the Renu podcast. Like always. If you've got something that you wanna hear about, let us know, uh, drop a comment below, uh, share this, is that we, uh, we wanna make an impact in one person's life. That's what Chris and I's uh, missing it is, it seems simple. We don't do this for the money. Uh, we wanna thank PNS once again for making this happen. They sponsored every single, ep- excuse me, episode. And uh, again, we just wanna take and thank you for tuning in. Uh, Gloria, uh, Rose, we'll always love you, man. Thanks for loving Big Bear. Thanks for being my friend, I'll, I'll, I'll miss you. But I'm going to live a life that would make you proud. We always talked about living a fun life, and uh, you definitely did that. And it's made me want to connect with my community. So guys, go out, connect with each other, love each other, be kind to each other, and have a great day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Happy detailing, everybody.